Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, where you'll hear advice from experienced safety leaders on how to protect your people and business. I'm Peter Steinfeld. First, I want to say Happy New Year. I hope you and your loved ones have a happy and healthy year to come. And the show wouldn't be the same without Sarah Prattley joining us to unveil the top threats organizations should prioritize in the new year. Sarah is the Senior Vice President of Global Intelligence at Alert Media, and she's been on the show several times, both as a guest and as a guest host. Today, I invited her back to give us insights on the 2024 threat landscape and how businesses should prepare for them. Let's listen in. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Peter. Super excited to dive into the topic today. Excellent. Well, can you start by providing some context for our newer listeners on your role and what the team does? Yeah, absolutely. So I lead the global intelligence team here at Alert Media. There's a number of different groups within that team. We've got tactical intelligence, monitoring, situational awareness, what's happening now around the globe. We've got a strategic intelligence team that is really focused on things that are happening in the future, things that are ongoing, things that are trending. We've also got a travel security team, of course, keeping all of our customers, travelers safe as they're traveling around the globe. And then we also have a wonderful team of meteorologists really helping to distill the forecasting and weather events globally. And when you think about it, really the name of the game for every different portion of our intelligence team is situational awareness helping our customers stay safe, helping their business stay up and running, and really keeping employees safe no matter where they are throughout the world. And you're the person that keeps everyone rowing in the same direction. Exactly. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So it feels like there are more complicated threats today than ever before. What were some of the most impactful crisis events from 2023, and what do you think we can learn from them? So when I think about just the past year, really so much resonates and so many things come to mind. And really, it's just the volume. We had atmospheric rivers across California at the beginning of the year. We have had, you know, a pretty active hurricane season. We've had a number of just kind of different devastating events globally with earthquakes and things of that nature. But when you even get beyond all of the natural disasters, right, we had a ton of transportation disruption. We had fatal, very fatal train incidences in Greece and India. We, of course, had the train that derailed the chemical train in East Palestine, Ohio. And then who can forget I-95 collapsing in Philadelphia, right? All of these things happen within the course of a year. Not a year goes by where we don't talk about mass shootings in the United States. Lewiston, Maine is really still very fresh in all of our memories. And then add on the number of labor activism and strikes happening, not only in the United States, but globally, all of the different supply chain impacts that we've seen across the year. And then the continued war in Ukraine, right? Add on a war in Ukraine going into its second year. And of course, a war starting between Israel and Hamas just months ago. There has just been a tremendously overwhelming year, not only for individuals who live in these areas, but really for all the businesses that are feeling the impacts as well globally. And I think it says a lot with the volume of all of these different events, but this is happening year over year. I know we have these conversations a lot and really the well of threatening events happening around the globe never seems to run dry. Yeah, without a doubt, we saw a lot last year. And like you said, in previous years, and I know our audience is very much dealing with the effects of these incidents and events. I don't see things getting much calmer in the future. So with so many kinds of threats on the horizon, how should organizations prioritize their efforts in 2024? 
When we think about this every year, there are so many things we could tell organizations to focus on. So when we think about 2024, we've worked really hard to look at the data, to look at the trends as a team, and to really identify the top five things we think organizations should really have in a focal point and prioritize as they get into the new year. So hopefully, when we think about all of these different things, they can really resonate with businesses and help them prepare. When we think about our top five, we've got climate change, we've got cybersecurity, we have activism, an increase in activism happening globally. We're feeling it so acutely now. We've got just general global turmoil. And then kind of my favorite topic of discussion is digital disruption, which I know we'll jump into. But those are really the top five things that we're highlighting for businesses that we support and just businesses globally that can really be a game changer when they're thinking about planning for 2024. Well, let's go ahead and start with climate change. Why is that the top threat and how is it going to impact organizations in 2024? Yeah, number one, climate change. I'm sure that comes as no surprise to many. When we think about the ecosystem of organizations that we support and partner with, but also just the business community globally, weather is the number one tie that binds. Everybody is impacted by weather and natural disasters. At some point throughout the year, there's really nowhere that you can go in this world where you're going to be able to avoid that. So we really wanted to put a heavy focus on that. We obviously have great expertise with our meteorologists. It's really heat and flooding water events that have been resonating over recent months. We just got out of the hottest year globally on record. In the country that we live in, the United States, heat-related deaths are among the worst when we think about weather-related incidents and events. There's just so much we can talk about when we think about heat. And of course, as we think about heat too, it's hard not to think about the impacts of the wildfires. We see wildfires happening globally. We, of course, felt the impacts of the heat and those wildfires and the smoke coming out of Canada all throughout the year. And then when you think about flooding, right, we had a number of devastating events globally throughout the entire year. One stat that I was talking to the team about the other day that just really struck me about all the things that have happened is just in a 12-day period in September, there were 10 different countries that encountered devastating flooding events that, of course, resulted in tens of thousands of deaths. So if that's not a warning sign for us to really be worried about climate as far as the impacts with water events globally, I don't know what is. So that's definitely the areas that we're focusing on the most with heat and flooding and these water events. It's definitely got to be a part of people's business continuity planning. And again, as you look at climate change, there's so much to talk about. These are the two events that I would suggest businesses really use as a focal point in 2024. And our society in general is built more on a just-in-time cadence and inventory type process. So when these things happen, they're way more impactful than they were just as little as 50 years ago. Absolutely. You've hit on two really important things there. We see the data. Unfortunately, people are moving to different locations. This is partially driven by the pandemic, being able to work from different locations, but also people just trying to live in areas that are more favorable from a weather perspective, maybe with what they perceive as a milder climate. But unfortunately, what we see is a lot of these areas are, of course, areas that are targeted by the wildfires or maybe by hurricanes. So we do see the numbers trending in that direction. And then you mentioned it, that just-in-time nature of the world that we live in. Supply chain has been hit really hard by the natural disasters and weather impacts. I know people like to draw the correlation still to the pandemic and to other things happening around the world. But really, as we think about the supply chain, it is these natural disasters that can really wreak havoc and have a devastating impact. Well, let's switch gears and talk about the next trending threat. Why are cybersecurity incidents a top threat in 2024? Yeah, absolutely. Another one where we just continue to see the data trending in the wrong direction. 
It's, again, not surprising to most people. I think most people would say, true, there are more cyber events happening globally, but we're also seeing a number of data points that are really disturbing. One of those being that the amount of money that these are costing organizations and even just individuals is skyrocketing. In the first half of 2023 alone, we saw $450 million extorted from businesses as a result of ransomware attacks. It's just an incredible number. It can be incredibly devastating to the organizations that are being targeted, as well as the individuals that work there and just industries as a whole. There's just so much at stake when we think about these cyber events. And when we think about them as well, they really target individuals, but they target these organizations too. There just really is that domino effect. I think about the last pass incident that happened, right? The password protection company. I know a number of people and a number of organizations that use their services. They were devastated by that cyber incident and that had ripple effects. It incorporated 33 million individual users, right? And that's just one data point. But when you think about all the organizations that LastPass was supporting, it was more than 100,000 organizations that had to deal with the impacts of the breach of the passwords. So these sorts of incidents, again, when you're partnering with a vendor, when you've got individuals within your organization that could be targeted, really can have devastating impacts across an organization. I think as people are looking into 2024, I hit on the individual a few times there. I really think that's where organizations need to focus. A lot of organizations have great cybersecurity technology. They're partnering with the different vendors across the space, which can be really instrumental. But we hear about the way that individuals across organizations are targeted, and it's such a vulnerability. More often than not, these things are not malicious. You click on a link you respond to something, right? They're getting really clever and creative, these bad actors. I see some organizations that are getting even creative with their training. And instead of just doing once a year training, you check the box, yes, change your passwords. This is what a strong password is. Really helping employees to understand what tactics these bad actors are taking, giving examples. Sometimes it's humorous to see the examples, but they're really refined. And you can see when you're looking at these things, why people are clicking on links, why people are responding to certain things. And of course, creating vulnerabilities for their employers. Well, let's go ahead and move on to threat number three. I think you said it was activism. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Activism is very much top of mind right now for my team. As I mentioned earlier, our strategic intelligence team and our tactical team really combined to help our customers understand events that are happening in the future. And right now, as we think about that space, it's so many planned events demonstrations based on climate activism. Right now, we've seen thousands of demonstrations since October 7th with the war between Israel and Hamas. We are just seeing an incredible number of those things happening globally. And these are things businesses really need to take into consideration. Other places that we're seeing this really play out are in labor activism. We saw nearly half a million American workers take two strikes and really partner with unions across the course of the last several months. So there's a lot for organizations to be prepared for here. And I think, too, it's also important to note that a lot of these situations and a lot of these events are planned ahead of time, right? When you're working with a team internally or when you're working with a team like ours, you really can plan for these things and understand who are the groups that are going to be having demonstrations near your facilities or your employees or your building or your supply chain. How can you potentially prepare for those? Is it a day where you want your folks to just work from home out of an abundance of caution? Are there different hours that you want people to work on? Are there different things that you want to bestow on your employees who might be in the area? 
based on the folks that are going to be demonstrating or maybe counter protesters or things that you've seen in the past. This is definitely an area where we have seen an incredible uptick, more than 20% uh, increase in demonstrations from where we were this time last year. And this is definitely something we expect to see continue to trend into 2024. When you think about 2024, not only in the United States, but globally, it is a huge election year. Of course, we've got the presidential election in the United States, which will likely draw a number of these different events. But we've also got 40 plus elections happening globally. And as we've seen happen time and time again, people get very passionate, not only about topics, about the economy, but also about candidates. So we're definitely ripe to see a lot of this happening in 2024. Well, it seems like an ounce of prevention could be worth a pound to cure, as you were alluding to earlier. What's the best way to weave this type of information uh, through your security team and into the greater organization? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think one of the big things for people to understand, right, is when these things are happening, but also proximity to your organization, your facilities is going to be incredibly important. And then I think just understanding the groups, understanding maybe from a historical perspective what their tactics might be, right? We see a lot of the climate activisms right now employing different tactics where they try and slow down traffic. They're usually very successful at this. This is a very big tactic for them right now. So businesses that are in the area need to take those things into consideration. So I think really in this situation, as in many knowledge is power, and these are the situations where you can plan ahead, where you can truly employ a business continuity plan and keep your employees safe as well as informed. There's oftentimes a fear of the boy who cried wolf syndrome, that if you say, hey, we think this is going to happen, it doesn't happen, then people won't believe you next time. Do you think that's largely still the case or is that not so much anymore now that we're seeing an uptick in all these events that people are just willing to take the false positives along with the real warnings? I think there's more of an appetite for the false positives. I also think that as a population, not just in the U.S., but globally, we see and we get a lot of information about things that are happening around us whether it's activism and planned demonstrations or otherwise. So I think there's more of an appetite for people to receive information, especially from their employers. We see surveys and studies where people really do trust their employers. They trust their business leaders. So I feel like as long as businesses are transparent with their employee population, there's really nothing to lose by telling your organization that there is this event or that event that's planned. These are the expectations that we see. And these are some of the tactics or some of the plans that we're going to implement from a business continuity perspective to keep you safe, but also to keep our business safe in the process. Yeah, if they're not hearing it from you, you being the organization, they're seeing it on social media, they're hearing it from other folks out there. It's uncorroborated. They're not quite sure what to do with that information. They're wondering what their employer is going to say. So you might as well get ahead of it. Exactly. So the next thread is around global turmoil. I'd like you to go a little bit deeper there. Beyond elections, how will all this global turmoil affect organizations in 2024? There's so much to unpack here. I'll try and stay as high in surface level as I can because there truly is so much happening globally that has so many impacts within regions as well as to businesses. When I think about global turmoil right now, we, of course, again, are in a second year in a war in Ukraine. We're seeing the ripple effects not only with business communities, but a humanitarian crisis. We're seeing supply chain issues continue to have that domino effect. And now, of course, we're seeing what's happening between Israel and Hamas. And we see a lot of those same impacts. We're seeing another humanitarian crisis. We're seeing trade and different shipping in the region be impacted by some of that spillover and bleed over. There's absolutely more of an opportunity as we continue to see this um, track forward that we could see more of those impacts on that global scale. 
We think about the tensions between the United States and Iran. Those continue to run deep. We see the possibility for disruption between the relationship between China and Taiwan. We see what's happening in Africa, the Sahel area. There is a number of coups that are happening there, just the instability in the region. And there is a lot of terrorism embedded in that region. So there's so much for organizations to really take into consideration. One of the things I think that people maybe overlook too when they think about all of these different incidences happening globally are their travelers. There are so many people that are back on the road for work. They're traveling to locations that maybe they haven't been to in a while or they haven't been to ever. They're in proximity to a lot of the unrest and a lot of the things that are happening. So it really puts another level of security pressure on organizations to make sure that they're preparing those folks ahead of time with the right information and knowledge, but also keeping them safe while they're on the road. Yeah, it seems like with all these things going on, travel isn't slowing down. It's getting back up to pre-pandemic levels and it'll probably shoot past it very shortly. Absolutely. People are definitely back on the road. I know that we are. I know that the businesses that we support are really getting people back in person, face-to-face. There's so much to be said for, obviously, those in-person visits being able to visit with clients and colleagues. And we definitely see the trends going in that direction, which is wonderful. But it also means that we have to have that extended level of duty of care for those travelers when they're in the field and on the road. Yeah, when something's dangerous, it doesn't mean you don't necessarily go there or do something. It just means that you have to take extra level of care and sending your people out into those environments. Exactly. And we see the organizations that are doing it the most successfully are simply preparing these employees They're helping them ahead of time with security briefs. They're giving them the knowledge and information they need about not only the security situation of the area and the region that they're going, but also helping them to understand any cultural implications, anything they might need to do as a certain profile traveler, if they're a woman traveling or maybe somebody within the LGBT community, so that they can be prepared as they enter into a different territory. Are there other things organizations can do to stay resilient in the face of all these things that are going on around the world? I think information is really key. We talk about data. I'm obsessed with data and looking at the trend lines. And I think the more that organizations can actually take those things into consideration and share that information is necessary with security leaders, with regional leaders, with people that, again, are in different locations or maybe traveling to locations, that's going to be essential to their success in keeping people safe and keeping business up and running successfully. So intelligence is key. Intelligence is absolutely key. I think it is core to really everything that business leaders can do to keep things moving in the right direction. And is that a big change from, let's say, as little as 25 years ago? I definitely think it's a huge change. I think the world has changed a lot, right? The evolution of information flow and where we're able to get information from, just the advent of disinformation and misinformation. I think people have a much greater appreciation for people who have an expertise in this space and really, really trying to understand that information, data, trends, and how that can really position them in the right way. Well, there's just an expectation by people to know everything going on and there's a way to get it. You have this mobile device in your pocket that gives you access to anything in the world anytime. And like I said earlier, if the organization isn't controlling the flow of information, then the person will get it elsewhere. They're just not going to say, ah, my company didn't tell me, so I don't care about it. They're going to go search it out themselves. So it's, it really behooves every organization to stay on top of that intelligence and share it in the context of what that person's job is and the impact of the organization with all the employees as best they can. Right. You definitely want to be the source of truth. There is nothing to lose by sharing information transparently with your organization, especially if you're framing it in the right way to your employees and to your business leaders. Exactly. 
Well, speaking of intelligence, that brings us to our final threat, and that's digital disruption. How will this threat impact organizations in 2024? Yes, this is another one where I feel like we could go in so many different directions. But when I think about digital disruption, especially as it pertains to business continuity and even near and dear to the intelligence space and what my teams are doing, it's really AI and it's decentralization of social media. Those are the two things that are very much top of mind. When we think about artificial intelligence, it's not something that's new, but goodness gracious, we have seen such a major advancement just in the past year when it comes to this space. There are so many exciting things that are happening so many cool ways that AI is contributing to different workforces, to different research, but there is also so much to be said for how it is instilling more misinformation, more disinformation, and just more uncertainty as people are seeing things out in the ether and trying to make sense. We see a lot of organizations that are leveraging artificial intelligence. A third of companies are also going to be using generative AI regularly in the future, at least in one function of their roles. And then 40% of companies are projected to increase their investment in artificial intelligence in the future. And again, I think the desire to move in that direction comes with a lot of positivity, a lot of people really looking at the impacts that AI can have not only on their business, but also their industry and what they're supporting potential consumers with. But we also talk to a lot of organizations and pose the questions as to how they're really keeping a tight rein on this internally, specifically asking organizations whether or not they have policies for when their employees should or can be using artificial intelligence in the workplace. And what we're finding very often is people just giving us a perplexed look like, huh, I hadn't really thought about having to write that into a policy or talking to different groups within their organization and really trying to understand how they're using AI, what the outputs might be, and whether or not there's a human that's interacting sometimes with the AI. We really find that to be the best practice, the policy, and really diving down deep there, as well as having that human in the loop, that human interaction with information, just to make sure that things are really running at the pace you want them to be and at the output that you want them to be to keep things secure from an information perspective. You also said something before about decentralization of social media. What did you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this one is very near and dear to my team. As you know, we're using a number of different platforms and sources and intelligence tools to really garner information from around the globe to help keep our customers situationally aware of these threatening events. As we look to one of the main sources of that information and where most people go to share information in kind of a very popular and very immediate way, it's social media platforms. And as we look at the landscape across the last several months, we've seen the degradation of some platforms. And that has really bred a number of other platforms being birthed. We think about things like Mastodon and Spoutable and Blue Sky. The list really goes on and on. They're really fun to look at and to really dig into and see what kind of tactics they're taking with shareable information. But it's also an unfamiliar territory. It's decentralized. It's hard to search. It's hard to understand how they are grappling with misinformation and disinformation too. So again, it's just a number of other platforms that are just kind of coming into the space and really decentralizing the way that people are sharing information, not necessarily just going to one or two or three key platforms anymore. And that's a really important way for people to understand what's happening in the world around us, not only for an intelligence team, but for business continuity professionals and just for businesses in general. So between AI and all these sources, it seems to me like the ability of someone to be taken advantage of by fake news or misinformation is just deeper, wider, and broader than ever before. Absolutely. And I always say it really lends itself to the human expertise. 
We talked about the importance of intelligence earlier. It really is that human expertise that can lend itself to these situations. We have professionals on our team, and I know other people have professionals on their team. A lot of businesses actually hire and have teams assigned to these things because it is so critical to understand what is accurate information, what's actionable information, and really being able to distill out that misinformation and disinformation. That's a really good point. People think they can just use AI to solve their problems, but in this case, it could actually make things worse. Things could spiral out of control, so you really need that human element to keep tabs on things. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly there. Well, as we start to wrap up, what do you think are the most important takeaways for organizations to just stay resilient in the face of all these threats in 2024? Yeah, I thought about this a lot as I was preparing for our conversation today, and I think there's really three things I would instill on organizations. Number one is just knowledge. I say this a lot. It may sound cheesy, but I really think it's true. Knowledge is power. I am a data nerd. I'm constantly looking at information. And I really think that that sort of information, looking at trends, looking at things that are happening in the world around us and being knowledgeable can really help drive you in the right direction when you're prioritizing things, when you're distilling different information, and when you're focusing, especially from that business continuity and security perspective. The second one I would say is just communication. We talked a bit about this earlier. I think transparent communication among organizations is key when we look at the threat landscape. Helping your business leaders to understand the things that you're focused on. Helping employees to understand the things that are happening around them, whether they're things that are trending or planned or maybe a kinetic situation that's happening in the moment. There is so much to be gained from communicating information, especially in real time with your employees and with your business leaders. And the last one I would say is just partnering. When we think about the business community and the business landscape, there are so many different things and ways that people can partner. Partnering internally with different stakeholders, business leaders, different groups, business continuity, risk resiliency, security, facilities, all of these different places and organizations. But we also hear a lot of successes from businesses that are partnering with people that are maybe in near proximity to them to understand things that are happening locally, as well as partnering with local law enforcement to understand different things that are happening in their community, and then partnering with other teams. I mean, we have great partnerships with the organizations that we work with and work for, and really being able to lean on different partnerships to help you understand what's happening in that threat landscape is only going to strengthen your business. So what I'm hearing you say is knowledge is power and sharing it is vital. Absolutely. Again, (laughs) you say it so perfectly. (laughs) Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope that people really take these things into consideration as they're planning for 2024. I'm confident that they will. To learn more about Sarah, her team of analysts, and their work at Alert Media, click the links in the show notes. Tune in next week for more expert advice to help you protect your business and people. For video highlights from today's episode, just search for Alert Media on YouTube. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.